Hola, it's amigos míos. Dapper Dividends number 55. My mother is in the air in an airplane coming this way right now. Why I talk like Dracula? I don't know. <laughs> so what's up, guys? Welcome back. And it's true, I am talking like Dracula. I'm looking right dead ahead, and I'll upload this on Twitter at a Dracula, one of my old Hollywood monsters, famous monsters from Hollywood, a picture, a drawing of Dracula, Dracula of Count Dracula. I love it. I love Halloween. Let's go. It's Sober October, day number 16. And I feel just like I always do. So welcome back. Yeah, this is going to be a quick episode. Uh, my mother is in the air. I'm going to see my mother for the first time in almost three years. She's coming with my niece. They are on a flight right now in the air as we speak from Denver to Chicago. O-R-D. Ticker symbol. O-R-D. O'Hare Airport. Let's buy some shares of O'Hare Airport. That would be cool. That is another thought. I told you guys I got thoughts. Why can't we trade the airports like we can trade stocks? Maybe the cryptocurrency will have that. The blockchain will allow us to do that. I'm out of breath. I just got in the door. We're going to have dinner tonight. And I'm going to be visiting. And then we have plans this weekend at the hotel. I'm going to try and squeeze in my YouTube video. But I'm going to upload this later tonight. I'm recording it now. I'm going to do as quick of an episode as I can. Get you guys some valuable information on that on that ass I wanted to say that's that's whatever we don't have any little kids listening to this right we can swear we can cuss like drunken sailors even though we're not drinking right now so real quick here I'm gonna tell you about some stuff that's been going on with my portfolio I got a bunch of buys I've been rolling that precious metal money into some great dividend paying stocks I'm gonna tell you about and oh did you see on my Twitter upload about the teas? So I got an alert or I got an email from from uh, Anchor, which they are a, I think they're owned by Spotify. And they had said, you know, you want to add music to your podcast? Check it out. All the Spotify library songs can go right into your podcast. Dude, I freaked out. I was like, yes, uh, Anchor and Spotify, have you been reading my diary? Because I've been waiting for this. And as I dug a little deeper... After I tweeted out my excitement, it was quickly quashed and quelled quietly and quickly because I can't think of any more Q words. It it was only uh, on Spotify. So I can use any song that's on Spotify if I upload my episode to Spotify, which accounts for 16% of my listens. So I'm not ready to cut out 84% of my market share just so I can play a couple songs that I love and I like. But I am going to do, I'm going to try and DJ a show. So at the end of the month, all the songs that I used as my song of the show that you can find on YouTube, if you go to Dapper Dividends playlist, all the songs I always add like today's, which I will get to. Don't get greedy. Just hold on. I know it's a quick show. We'll get to the song of the show. So what I do is I'm going to, what I'm going to do is DJ a show with all the songs that I picked for that month, which would be two, four, six, eight. 
counted my fingers. Simple multiplication. We did it. We got, we counted. So basically eight songs, two shows a week times four weeks in the month will be eight songs. I'll DJ eight songs and that will of that will only be available on Spotify, but I'm excited. I get to play a little DJ and it's still the music I love. And maybe I'll throw a quick little tidbit about <laughs> dividends in there. So unfortunately, you will only be able to listen to that on Anchor or on Spotify, but that's cool. So look forward to that. And I'm going to probably do that on Halloween night, maybe. We'll see how things go. Don't know what our plans are yet. So either, no, uh, the 30th, Halloween's on a Saturday. That's what I'm going to do. I read books every week and I figure I might as well just tell you people what I'm reading and what I got from them. So the one book, I started another one. I've started, this will be a preview for next week, The Latte Factor. I like it. I haven't learned anything groundbreaking or new. Uh, some things said a little bit differently. And the book that I read this week was The uh, the Sun Does... <laughs> I wrote book. Yeah, what I read was book. The Sun Does Shine, reading my notes. <laughs> How embarrassing. I read the book, The Sun Does Shine, And it's about Anthony Ray Hinton, who in 1985, he was a black man from Alabama and he was wrongfully accused of murdering two fast uh, restaurant managers and they were killed in a cooler. He was, they were, I think they were called the cooler killer and he was, they basically pegged the murders on him. Just a lot of unfortunate shenanigans that went on happens too much he was innocent and he was acquitted but not after spending 30 years of his life on death row it's just a very sad but insightful read at the mental willpower to get through 30 years in a small cell not just in prison but on death row constantly having to win appeals to avert that and get it moved up and his date moved up He had a quote in there that said, and I tweeted this out about how important it is to have wealth because he says that capital punishment is punishment. Boy, I'm just, I'm trying to speed through this. He said that capital punishment is punishment for those without capital. It's sad, but true. And he said he's seen so many guilty, wealthy people not go to jail while being locked up and seeing lots of innocent poor people in jail. It is a sad but true fact. It's what wealth does. Wealth gives you options. And even if you're guilty, wealth can allow you to get out of those options. I don't like it. I tweeted it out. And it's it's just sad that innocent people have been put to death, which is why I'm against the, uh, I'm against capital punishment. I suppose there are rare instances where there is just no doubt, but if the, the defendant is claiming innocence and shouting it from the top of their lungs that they are innocent, I think we go with the benefit of the doubt and at least keep them alive. Because as we saw with Anthony Ray Hinton, he did proclaim innocence from day one, from minute one. And he was, the, the one of the craziest things that stuck out from, from the story is they wanted him to sign a blank piece of paper that basically would have been his confession. And somehow they 
and they were trying to get him while it was all brand new. And they were telling me, yeah, you'll get out of here. Just we'll fill in the details. What happened? We just need you to sign your name. And he at least knew well enough to say, I'm not signing my name on a blank piece of paper. And it just goes through his whole story of going to death row and the people he met there and forming his own book club, helping out people that were dying. One other prescient thing he said that when people, because when you're on death row, you don't know your death date. And when that does come down, he said, when you know your exact date of death is when you would see men break and people just shut down and they could not think about anything else aside from that date and the closer it got and it drove people crazy. And when somebody would be electrocuted, this is back in the 80s and 90s, when they were still doing that inhumane thing, they would shave their head, put a black bag over their head. He said that you would be able to smell the first time he smelled it, he got sick there. Pardon me, I hope you're not eating, but uh, he would be able to smell them from the electric chair and it would be in the vents and it was nasty. They would bang on the bars to let that person know that they weren't alone. A lot of people made mistakes. He said most people were were either in an altered state of consciousness or enraged. Uh, a lot of people, crimes of passion when they saw red doesn't make it right. I'm not making an excuse, but it won't bring back something that they did, which was which was horrible. And as I say, you're powerless to change the past. So learn from it. Don't don't live there. Very good book again. That was called The Sun Does Shine. Excellent book. I highly recommend it. And on a, on a lighter note, I was reading through uh, Crane's Chicago Business, and there was an article I just want to touch on real quick about this is going to be an unconventional Halloween and the Chicago area candy makers, which I would assume everybody else around the country in America. Do you have trick-or-treating where you're from? Let me know if you go uh, dress up in costumes and you walk around and bang on people's doors and ask trick-or-treat. Let me know, but because there's more limited shelf space because retailers were predicting people wouldn't buy it. I found it interesting that a lot of the health, the candy manufacturers are going with their best items like Ferrara pan, which I've actually been to. It's right down the road from me a few miles. Uh, Laffy Taffy nerds. Uh, they were putting them out four weeks early. There was also Mars Wrigley. We're focusing on uh, Snickers and Twix and getting, excuse me, and getting those uh, out because so Halloween, 58% of Americans say they plan to celebrate Halloween this year, which was down from 68%. So although it dropped 10%, the people that are buying candy are buying more. So Halloween candy spending is going to be a 2.4 billion this year. And that is down from a few years ago of just about two and it's 2.8 billion so it dropped, but the Halloween spending per person on candy is way up. It was about $25, and right now it's at $27.55. So pretty pretty sizable gain. The last three years were all about in line with each other. So I thought that was interesting. And they're trying to, they, they got wind of how things might be on Easter, and they did see kind of the same thing happen in Easter that spending 
overall was down, but individual people was spending. And also they have been shifting to individually wrapped candies, things that are not as communal where everybody's finger is going to touch what is going to go in your mouth. Very interesting write-up. And the one thing that made me sad as a fan of Halloween is that Mars Wrigley launched a virtual trick-or-treat app where the users are able to redeem the uh, virtual candy uh, at participating retailers. And also uh, Ferrara, they collaborated with Sony, which uh, owns the Ghostbusters franchise. And they made a virtual game in which users hunt for ghosts and candy. And then you can redeem that candy as well. That made me sad. Virtual trick-or-treating. Come on, man. You know, that's terrible. I hate that. You know, kids need to walk around. It's such a fun day of the year and it only comes once a year. But look for that. Retailers expect that they're still going to be making that money. And it's they don't know for sure that's projected. So that's that's what they're expecting. And speaking of making that money, I'm going to take a sip of my sparkling pineapple strawberry. Just a minute. Yeah, buddy. Oh, that's good. So... <laughs> Uh, I did a whole bunch of buying. There's a whole lot of buying going on. There I am. I, I got all these numbers. You should see. I wrote my uh, I wrote my notes on the back of a great value 24 bag extra butter flavored microwave popcorn, representing great value brand, representing that ticker symbol WMT Walmart in his house. So what did I buy? First of all, I bought a put. On Monday, on Tuesday, after Neo shot up, so Neo gapped up from the twenty-three-ish uh, range, low twenty-threes to the twenty-fives, and as you know, every gap usually does fill. Usually, the sooner it fills, and I expected it might fill by today, so I bought a seventeen-dollar put for twenty-three dollars, anticipating a gap fill, and uh, no, a twenty-three-dollar pit pit put, a twenty-three-dollar put that I paid $17 for that had a three days to expiration. And it did not ever hit $23. So I basically lit $17 on fire. And I remember now how gambling sucks and why I don't do it. So I lost $17 there. But that's okay because I got a Leggett and Platt dividend for $4. So I got some of that back. So that was really uh, uh, lessened the sting, I guess, a little bit. Uh, $12, I guess I would have lost on that. So what did I buy this week? I bought more shares of MetLife, ticker symbol M-E-T. I bought two at $38.46. So the reason I'm buying that, and I also bought Prudential, two shares of Prudential right after that at $65.45. They're in the beaten down financial sector, which is good for a buying opportunity. I think the bank's are the one well the banks are dragging it down but the banks are good buys in the long long term i think eventually they will come back but patience is going to be key but within that sector is the insurance the insurers big fan of the insurers they didn't get hit as hard as the banks got hit with the regulations and i think the insurers are just beaten down because of the sector people look at the sector I'm a big fan of the insurers and my biggest two that I really like are Prudential and MetLife. So I am 
buying and adding into those. Getting a little heavy on the Prudential, though, but such an astute and solid, astute, astounding dividend, I meant to say. My words is all jumbled up. Jambalaya. Jambalaya. I've never had jambalaya that I can remember. It's a southern thing. Jambalaya and sweet tea. Did y'all get that jambalaya and sweet tea? Yeah, buddy. And then I bought a share of J&J, my favorite, my absolute bread and butter, till death do us part stock. J&J, one share at 146.65. And you should see how I work. All that was is I got money and I wanted to buy something. And I just, I always, <laughs> I keep looking at J&J and okay. Okay, J&J, one more share, 146.65. Love buying J&J. And then three shares of another just trash beaten down sector, XOM, Exxon Mobil, three shares at $33.45. Getting that average down, getting more shares of Exxon Mobil. And I do think that that sector is going to be coming back. I think we might be seeing a bottom as this week closed out the week. Uh, crude clinging, clinging to the, the small gains it eked out. And oil settle is is right above $40 a barrel, I believe. That is the um, what I saw when I was reading through some things earlier. So that's the key number I said. I am so confident as long as oil sits at or around or just a bit above $40 a barrel. And as I said that, when the wells turn off, when the spigots turn off, that supply will eventually start burning itself out. And it's almost like a self-fulfilling prophecy that there's a glut, there's an oversupply, they're going to turn off the spigots, and the big boys like Exxon and Chevron will be able to withstand that spigot turning off because of the behemoths that they are. And companies that are small, just drill and sell, they're going to get screwed. They're going to have to file for bankruptcy. They're not going to make it. And the big companies are going to buy up those assets of theirs for pennies on the dollar. So I like buying Exxon Mobil. I'm not, not worried about them. And then I also, today, I sold some stuff. I sold two REITs, if you remember. I'm putting REITs into the uh, into the self-directed IRA. I sold 31 shares of ticker symbol ET, energy transfer. Now, those are not a REIT, but it is a master, master, I was going to say MLP, uh, master limited partnership, which is not favorably taxed. It's its whole animal. Not going to get into it now. You can Google how our MLPs taxed, uh, how our MLP dividends taxed. So I sold 31 shares of energy transfer, ticker symbol ET at $6.22. I was way down. I've way down on those. I believe my average is in the $12 range. So I sold those at $6.22 and then immediately bought 31 shares at $6.19 in my self-directed IRA. And that was a savings of 93 cents. So that's kind of cool. Not a lot, but just something fun like that. So I transfer those into my uh, IRA. And on the, the back end of that, I will get to claim that as a loss because I bought those and bought, I sold it in one account and bought it in the other. So there's that 90, I, I got to look at the wash rule. I think it's 30, it's I think 90 days is I should know in you can't buy the same exact stock that you sold within 90 days. And uh, because tax law, tax loss harvesting is what uh, you can do. So I'm going to use that at the end of the year to offset any uh, gains I had. But it's okay, because it'll just sit 
in the IRA account. And I won't have to pay taxes on those dividends or the uh, share appreciation until years later after I'm done doing all the growing and I get to take that money out. Smart, 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 buddy. Yeah, buddy. And then I did the same thing with ticker symbol NRZ, uh, 25 shares of new residential. They are a mortgage uh, REIT. I uh, sold those at $8.10, which I am out. Now I got cute. I sold them at 810, which happened to be the low of the day. And I set the, I tried to do the same thing. I set my buy in the IRA for 807. So I tried to do the same three cent trick because it worked with ET and it never hit. It just kept going up. So now I'll be watching those and uh, hopefully they'll come down. I'll buy them again in the, uh, in the IRA. And then I bought some more stuff today. I bought two shares of ABV, ticker symbol ABBV, at $86.78. I love ABV. A rating from Schwab. Uh, just a fantastic company. And then I kept the uh, healthcare going as I touched on Merck a few, uh, what, four or five episodes ago. I bought my first tranches, my first two. Uh, this is the ice breaking position of Merck, ticker symbol MRK at $79.85. You think of them, you think of Keytruda, the cancer treatment. Uh, that's their flagship product. So I did buy Merck. That is initiating a position into Merck. And then I, Merck, <laughs> I just let, you know, you got to hear how it sounds in my head. I wish you could. Merck, Merca. There's a thing in the United States for all my international friends. Well, you're international to me and I'm international to you. We, <laughs> We, uh, um, instead of saying America, we say Murica, M-U-R-I-C-A, Murica. So, uh, Merck, I'm buying Merck in America, Merck in America. Maybe that'll be the type of the, the, the podcast show's name, Merck, Murica. Let's do it. And then that's it. So, oh no, no, it's not it. Pepsi, ticker symbol P-E-P. My one share of Pepsi at $142.50, a little bit expensive, but years from now, I don't think that'll look expensive. And again, I'm buying their income stream. And if they do plummet, oh, buddy, look out. I'm hoping, you know, it, this is when you know you love dividend investing, when you're hoping for a pullback, because if Pepsi drops to the 120s again, I'm loading up and I'm going to be buying, focusing heavily on Pepsi. And that's what I did. So in the uh, self-directed IRA, I got dividends from Realty Income, $10.53. Now, this is not my taxable. Again, this is the uh, contributory uh, self-directed IRA I have at Schwab. Uh, I did, did get $10.53 from Realty Income. And then another REIT, I got $1.06 from Federal Realty Trust, ticker symbol FRT. And I got four cents of interest, bank interest from Schwab. They pay you a super stupidly low amount. It's almost microscope. You need a microscope. Microscope. Microscope is what I meant to say. You say microscope. I say microscope. So you need a microscope to be able to see how small of a percentage that they pay you on the bank interest. And what else? I bought five shares of Realty Income at $60.99 and 31 shares of that ET I did buy, which I told you about, told you about. So that's it. I got to get going. My mama is probably getting close to touching down. Thankfully, I live about 25 minutes away from O'Hare Airport, where I'll be heading to right now. 
And the song of the show, I want you to check out. I'm going to do only Halloween songs for the next few episodes until then. And this is one of my favorite artists, uh, Nim Vind. I did a song by him before called Killing Saturday Night. This is a song called Master Spider. Love this song. Love the, the artist. He's a guy from Vancouver, Canada. I love to spotlight him. And I'm happy I'll get to play DJ with one of his songs at the end of this month. Horror punk. I think some of it's horror punky. Uh, you know me. I love horror punk. But he calls his music. He's self-branded it as music for outsiders, which is cool. Wears a lot of black and leather and just fun. I, I love the whole horror punk and psycho, uh, psycho Billy imagery with um, scary movies and B movies and hot rods and 50s looking and sounding things. Just cool. Just brilliant. Awesome. I love it. Que chévere. Muy genial. A uh, couple that's uh, cool and cool. I said, uh, muy genial uh, or genial, I think is, a, uh, I hear a lot of Mexicans say that. And then the Colombians, there's Colombianos, they say, uh, chévere, que chévere for cool. So, whoosh, <laughs> I'm going to get out of here. I got to go pick my mother up from the airport and I will talk to all y'all on Tuesday.